Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Oh! Fuck. Lucas! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the extra fuck got me. Lucas, it's April 10th. you know what that means? Uh, we're recording. Mm-hmm. Second recording of the night. Mm-hmm. We, we love what we do. Mm-hmm. It was the Masters today. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball is back. Oh, you're getting there. Keep going. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 is coming out. Oh! <laughs> is that what you want to? Is that what you want me to what get? A, what a way just... for me to wake up this morning. That was exactly where I wanted you to end up, Lucas. Okay, cool, um, cool. Boy, was I shocked this morning when I see a link in our Discord from, oh gosh, darn it, Hot Mickey. From Hot Mickey in our Discord, linking to none other than a Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer, as well as an additional uh, mobile game love coming out as well. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away. Um, for context, Kingdom, between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3, there was about 12 years, no, 13 years in between those games. Granted, there was a lot of in-between entries in the series. But still 12 years, and then Kingdom Hearts 3 wasn't even announced until 2013, so about seven years, I believe, after Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. So, you know, it literally had about an announcement and then another seven, <laughs> doubled the time, basically, to actually come yeah. out. So, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out in around January 2019. We are in 2022. That's about three years later. So... The way I look at it, by 2025, we're getting Kingdom <laughs> yeah, Hearts We're going to get it in about three more years. I'll be a, that, almost a 30-year-old man running around with Donald and Mickey and Sora still. It's so, pretty crazy because, uh, you know, I I was, I mean, I know you made the comment in our Discord server. I thought it was going to be another, like, 10 years before the next one came mm -hmm. out. I thought that was just where we were headed. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that. Like, yeah, yeah, we everyone did, myself included. You know, I'm excited, though, and from what I can tell... It looks like they're kind of, you know, I mean, there's definitely going to, unless they're, because this is like a new saga, you know, um, in the series. The first, Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3 very much focus on Xehanort as the main villain. And then as the overarching villain, I should say, um, some of the games have individual villains. And then that kind of all wraps up in Kingdom Hearts 3. So I'm really curious to see where things are going to go with Kingdom Hearts 4. Yeah. I have a pretty good idea already just because I follow a lot of the lore and stuff and they give you pretty good indications. And there's some like post post credit stuff in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 that kind of points where things are going. But I'm very excited. In, you know, I think what's most exciting is that they actually had a cutscene in this trailer for it where Sora doesn't have shoes on. And I can finally confirm he does have normal sized feet. So the shoes are just really big. The shoes are just really just, big. Wow. So wow. Good uh good to know, I guess. But yeah, super excited for that one to be coming out here. Uh whenever that does come out, for anyone that has listened to the podcast, you know I am a huge fan of Kingdom Hearts series as a whole. And I am happy to admit that I don't even know if the games are good anymore. I just know that I love them. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great and, and for those of you that also for those of you that also don't know xehanort is a nobody no xemnas is the nobody fuck wait xehanort's xemnas is xehanort's nobody and ansem is but 
Ansem the Seeker of Darkness is the heartless of Xehanort. But there's also just an Ansem who's an actual person. <laughs> Ansem Seeker of Darkness no. pretended to be Ansem. It's just a... You see, I'm already... I'm already going down the rabbit hole here. And Roxas I'm, is Sora's nobody. Yes. yes. That's like... <laughs> me saying that is probably sounds to you like the duck swims on <laughs> the, the lake. <laughs> so Roxas... Daddy is Sora's nobody. <laughs> Good job, Lucas. You got it. <laughs> it's like not even oh, complicated. It's man. not even that hard to know that. Oh, I can't man. wait to do Kingdom Hearts 3 for the podcast. For when we do Kingdom Hearts 3, we're either going to I'm either going to have to send you like an hour-long recap video to understand everything that happens in between the side games or I'm going to have to or we're going to have to do the side games for the podcast, which <laughs> God. Honestly, people got to vote though. Give the new format. I don't I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, people, you, you mean, well, we should to, remind people. To get caught up in the series, it's like another 80 hours of video games at least. Yeah. At least that, I, 80 to 100 I, hours before Kingdom Hearts 3. And I don't think we I have just spent 80 hours on Elden Ring. So, yeah. yeah. And plus, people in our podcast Discord do have to vote for the games that we are going to play. So, if they want to vote on the games that we're going to be playing, Matt, how can they really join the Discord? Everyone, you can join our Discord by finding uh, finding the link in the link tree in any of our social media pages. That is going to be at TFE Podcasts uh, with an S at the end. Again, that's at TFE Podcasts with an S at the end. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. You can also find us on Oh, that's it really we're on youtube um make sure you send an email thanks for playing pod at gmail.com and i will personally send you the link to the discord as well you can also find the link to the discord on our website thanks for playing live and that is thanks for playing live come hang out on the discord it's a good time uh it's definitely the best way to reach both myself and lucas we're pretty active in there we got a fun little community in there that talks about whatever's going on uh, and the gaming zeitgeist and with occasionally some other just zeitgeisty stuff in general. So you never know what we're going to touch on in there. Always a fun time. And yeah, uh, if you want as well, go ahead and leave a review. Maybe wherever you listen to your podcast, follow, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We appreciate you. Love That's how it. the podcast Love grows. It. Love it. All right, yes. Matt, you're going to guide us today on something. I think something we all have come into contact with the flood. I mean, Halo. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh. <laughs> All right, everyone. So I think at one point or another, we've all had romantic feelings towards Cortana. And to capitalize on Wait, that, what? I figured. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. I like it. Keep going. <laughs> I, fe- I feel like to really release everyone from that, emotional emotional shackle towards cortana we should do a little breakdown the history of halo everyone today we're gonna be having just a brief chat about the history of halo pretty pretty huge series lucas kind of i want to i want to hear really quickly what's your background with halo in the series oh man so you know i grew up playing first person shooters with my brothers and friends growing up you know, played a lot of GoldenEye, uh, not a ton of GoldenEye, but played some GoldenEye, played a lot of 007 Nightfire. That was a super fun one. Played a lot of Time Splitters. Um, and, you know, I was playing a lot of these first person shooters, uh, not playing a ton of Halo. Uh, Halo was around. I just didn't have an Xbox growing up. And I was always just 
kind of looking at the kids at lunch talking about Halo with a with a tinge of jealousy, going like, "Y'all ever played Perfect Dark?" <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck is that game?" You know, and I'm like, "Uh," and they're like, "Does it have a rocket launcher? Could you uh?" <laughs> does can you four shot people it was like <laughs> no <laughs> they're like get the fuck out of here uh no i i mean i didn't play a ton of halo 1 or halo 2 uh when halo 3 came out i got my xbox 360 finally uh xbox live was in it was amazing uh it was a great time custom games forge replay theater um halo 3 was was an amazing amazing game uh, it had everything I think that that a multiplayer shooter game needed. It had competitive, it had casual. Uh, you can jump into a party with your friends, and it was just such a good time for sure. Um, funny enough, producer Sam, I'll speak for him now, uh, was like a really, really highly ranked Halo 3 player back in the day. Was he? Yeah, I can see uh, that. Highest skill in Halo 3 was 50, I think he was 48. I think he made it wow. to 48. And he once. Mm -hmm. He once told me that he went 25 and 0 in Lone Wolves, which means he did not die once in Lone Wolves on Halo 3. That's pretty insane. Shout outs to producer yeah. Sam. Right. Yeah, so I, I have a background for me where Halo was the game that I'd always play with my neighbors growing up. You know, I had a, so the way it was, you know, I had a PlayStation 2. Then my neighbors that I always hung out with growing up had an Xbox. So, um, Whenever we wanted to play a PlayStation 2 exclusive, we came into my house, uh, played a lot of Star Wars Battlefront 2 back in the day, actually. Real nice, there. good game. Actually, good not game. even an exclusive, now that I think it would, but a great game regardless. Um, and then we played a buttload of split-screen Halo co-op and just versus mode local multiplayer, you know, um, on their houses, at their houses as well. So that was kind of my first introduction to Halo. And then finally, around like sixth or seventh grade, I got my Xbox 360 got Xbox Live, all the good stuff, and just jumped into Halo 3 and played so yes. fucking much Halo 3 custom games. You know, my... And I I felt this way when it came out, and I feel this way today. I don't really actually like Halo 3 multiplayer that much, personally. As far as a shooter game goes, I prefer something like Valorant or Halo, you know? Uh, back then, Wait, I would have partaken Call of Duty. Or Valorant right. or Call of Duty, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I prefer a shooter like Valorant or Call of Duty over a shooter like Halo. Thank you for correcting me. Mm -hmm. And but the custom, the games, custom games in Halo and Halo Three in particular with Forge and everything were just so incredible. I remember playing Jenga, just so many random things. Did like, you play Duck Hunt? I don't know if we had Dunk Cup, but we had an Alien versus Predator mode. Uh, so 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 many fun game modes and really was incredible kind of how creative you could get with everything and the game modes themselves. It was really a very unique way, I think for young gamers or any, any gamers in general really to express their uh, creativity, creativity. and yeah. kind of have a chance to express, you know, flex those uh, architectural muscles as well. Favorite halo custom game. What do you got? Oof. Off the top of my mind, I'm going to say Jenga just because it was so chaotic. Yeah, that was fun. We had another one that we played called Trash Compactor. I loved Trash. I was really hoping you would say Trash Compactor. That was where you would just throw shit into like the, the funnel yeah, and yeah, try yeah. to kill it. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. And then <laughs> I, I loved, loved all the Alien vs. Petter game modes we did back in the day. Um, did you ever play one called uh, Fat Kid? Yes. 
I loved that one. Those of you that don't remember that one, that was where you just had like a dude. It was like a 1v10. And the one guy had like so much health but couldn't move and just had a gravity hammer. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was just shooting this one guy that couldn't move. And he was just swinging the hammer like, come back. <laughs> and, oh, dude, that that game mode was great. I, I loved that one. Yeah, such yeah. a good time. But... Yeah, then I played a little bit of Reach, kind of um, fell out of it after that. And then ODST, I played ODST as well. ODST was cool, which we'll get Same. into. And then I came back when the Master Chief Collection came out a little bit. I know I played that online with you, I believe, once it came out on the PC as well. And then uh, played around a little bit in Infinite, a little bit of multiplayer here and there. Um, yeah. But nothing too much there. But yeah, to get into it, so Halo starts in the 90s, Lucas. With Ooh. Jason Jones, one of the founders, co-founders of Bungie. You see, like any 90s gamer, Jason Jones loved StarCraft. And he loved Bungie's real-time tactics game. Um, not real-time strategy, notably real-time tactics. Oh, myth! interesting. I need to look a little bit more into what the differences are there. But um, I just found that out while I was doing my research for this. I'm so curious. I'm really curious how that would actually work. I've never seen a real-time tactics game before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a real-time tactics game they had was Myth. And he was so inspired by these games that he decided to work, begin work on his own game called Monkey Nuts. Saw, Monkey Nuts was the awesome. first code name for Halo. Eventually, in 1999, when they were getting ready to show the game at E3, the game was actually changed to Blam. Also notably changed to Blam from Monkey Nuts because, you know, unfortunately, Jason didn't really feel totally comfortable explaining to his wife that he was working on Monkey Nuts. <laughs> uh, that's kind of what it was there. And then prior to the showing at E3 in 1999, they actually also changed it from like a RTS game to originally what was going to be a third-person shooter game uh, because... Notably, they thought it was more fun to have control driving the Warthogs or whatever the original version wow. of the Warthog was. And the showing in 1999, it generates huge buzz. They do kind of almost a marketing ploy by just having everyone that gets to go in and see the demo sign an NDA, you know? So it's just like Pretty really Chad move. Like, mm -hmm, really Chad move being like, oh man, like, did you hear about, hear about Blam? I can't talk about it though. But it was yeah. sick. That's a good when we do our first ever live podcast recording, we're making everybody sign NDAs and people are gonna go like, bro, I can't talk about it. It was crazy, bro. Like, but what happened? Can't I signed the NDA? I don't know. I don't <laughs> Just know. a totally normal, yeah. like nothing podcast recording. <laughs> <Viral Ned>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, NDAs. Such a such a business thing. Love it. Um <laughs> And yeah, and then eventually, you know, the buzz was enough and they were able to leverage connections they have. So much they were able to leverage these connections that they actually had the opportunity to demo and show the game to Steve Jobs. And he actually went on to announce it at uh, Macworld in that same summer, which Macworld being, I would just assume, the, you know, yearly trade show for Apple. I'm not too familiar with Apple, to be honest. And so the work began and... You know, when you make these big games and you're a smaller studio, a big thing that comes up is money, right? So running low on cash, they're stressed, they don't know what to do, everyone's in crazy crunch time. They turn to Daddy Gates, 
<laughs> they turn to daddy Bill Gates and they say, Bill, how you doing, man? I was Microsoft. <laughs> doing, doing good, yeah. I was cracking. And Bill's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a PC, Microsoft, Windows. <laughs> and they decide, all right, here's what we're going to do. We have this game studio, Bungie. We have this sick product called um, Halo. Bill, or Steve Jobs liked it. And we're coming to you first. We're coming to you. So long story short, Microsoft um, and a gamble to really build up their first party games and really build up their launch titles with the launch of the Xbox, uh, acquire Bungie in the year 2000. And naturally Steve's pretty pissed, but eventually Halo does get a PC port as well. So he's like, all right, whatever, fine. Wow. That's so um, crazy. So I, know, so I didn't know that. So the, or yeah, the origins of Halo kind of come from like a little bit of a dick swinging contest from Steve jobs and, and Billy Gates a little bit. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think they ever formally approached Steve Jobs to be to be acquired by Apple because at that point, to my knowledge, Apple wasn't really working on any console, so they didn't really have as clear cut of a game direction as say you know um, as Microsoft at the time Microsoft or Sony. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, both yeah. both really in the space. Yeah, but still, it was shown at MacWorld. Our Blam was shown at MacWorld. That's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And fun fact too, actually, before it was showed at MacWorld, um, it didn't even have a proper game. So it was originally going to be called Covenant. And then three days before Macworld, one of the artists was like, nah, miss, that's whack. <laughs> and they changed it to Halo. Um, and they added in the Comet Evolved to Halo just for the sake of making it seem like more of a military game. Nothing else deeper there. So yeah, I was wondering if you have ever wondered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and they immediately drop it after Halo 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now they are cash infused, cash rich, they're ready to go ham. So they hit ground running with development. But of course, they have these tight deadlines. You know, the whole point of them being acquired by Microsoft in the first place was so they could be a launch title with the Xbox. So insane amounts of crunch time, you know, that is something that has not changed today either with these kind of games. Crunch time is a very big thing in the industry. And everyone's just going for it. And I think the biggest you know, example of how ridiculously crunched this game was the composer. And I apologize if I forget their name right now, but the composer for halo only had three days to score and add sound effects to all the cutscenes of the game. That is so insane. It's stupid. It, it's stupid. three days. It's uh, I looked at it. It's Martin O'Donnell, or Martin uh, O'Donnell, lead, lead composer for all the halo games and iconic, iconic, iconic halo theme. Uh, It always, whenever you hear it, I always think of church music. Dude, it's like the, if you think about it, like that, I, I saw a TikTok, actually I saw a TikTok on this, uh, on the Halo soundtrack. It was like the Halo soundtrack pitch meeting. Like there's this guy on TikTok that does like video game soundtrack music. And he's like, he walks into the, he's like, hey man, we uh, need this song for this new game we're working on called Halo. Just a regular theme song. It's like a sci-fi game doesn't really need to have any like really cool choir like you know stuff like that it's like a sci-fi game get like synthy with it and then it cuts to the halo theme and it's like oh and then the, and then the guy's like 
oh whoa like <laughs> it's just just like did not need to be that good and like that iconic and it it just is i love that line get get cynthia with it come on you know yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's a sci-fi game you don't need to have a choir though what's that all yeah. about and then yeah, just he just, just does it, it. Dude. yeah that is probably one of the more iconic just sounds in general from video games and then during this time as well it does obviously as we now know change from third person to first person you know in an effort just to make kind of make the game feel a bit more um, personal and more engaged with the character you're playing as being master chief so november 1st 2001 the game comes out to critical acclaim a 97 percent aggregate score on metacritic everyone loves wow. it the single player is great you know the local multiplayer that they have everyone's loving it and just a great game all around now they had Xbox Live on the original Xbox, but it was really limited, right? It was not like 360 Xbox Live. Yeah, it wasn't really a thing until Halo 2, to my knowledge. Even though okay. it was just a normal Xbox, yeah. Wait, so did Halo 1 have online at all? Or did the online start in Halo 2? I don't think Halo had I don't think Combat Evolved had any online. I think you're I think you're right in that. But I know Halo 2 for sure had online. Yeah, that was a huge yeah. thing for Halo 2. Yeah, man, 2001. Think about like where we were at in 2001. That is crazy for something like Halo to come out. I mean, man, 21 years ago, so, so long ago. I mean, the way online has evolved since then is pretty remarkable. And like how it was like Halo is one of those series that it, it transitioned perfectly from like, hey, here's like a really solid story, concept, setting, and combat system for this game. And then several years later and a couple sequels later, it's like, okay, now this is the only on online game you're gonna play. Like, have fun with this game. And like, the way it kind of like transitioned from just a great, fun, you know, local multiplayer, Halo Combat Evolved, brand new IP, into a multiplayer powerhouse within a generation is like pretty awesome. It's wild. Yeah, it really is. The way things have moved is just nutty in general. But um, yeah, and you know, one of the best things about Halo Combat Evolved was <laughs> it made money. <laughs> <laughs> how much? So, money? oh gosh, I don't have the exact number, but probably like Titanic levels of money. Like a billion dollars, like a billion dollars. Like a billion. For sure. At, at least like 10 Dogecoin worth. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, Lucas, if you want to pull, really pull it up, I'll pull it up. I'll find great. it. But of course, you know, it obviously was a successful game by all metrics. People wanted more. So quickly, development began on the sequel. And as it was with the first game, obviously, you know, developing a game is hard. <laughs> so when it finally came time to do a showcase at E3 2003, um, the game they showed wasn't even a real game, really. Um, and a thing that is, you know, in a practice that is unfortunately common at these events you know, whether that's misleading consumers with trailers <coughs> um, or whether that's, you know, showing footage of the game that is not at all representative of the real product, showing things that look way more polished that couldn't actually run in game engine. Two recent examples of this that I think are really notable are Anthem and actually Dying Light 2. Well, I think I've heard dying, good things about Dying Light 2. People when hated you, Anthem when it launched, I feel Anthem, like. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure the servers for that game actually just got shut down recently. Wow. Um, but yeah, fun. Anthem relative to what like was showed at E3 and relative to what it was when it came out is nothing like it. Totally just 
not the same world at all. And then the world of dying light from the coloring of the world to the design, the architecture of the buildings and the environment you're running around in. Excuse me for dying light too. Relative to what showed at E3 is just totally different as well. I've, I've still heard overall positive things about dying light too. So well done there, mm-hmm. but yeah, not Same. at all what things looked like for E3. Mm-hmm. I got the combat evolved. So Halo combat evolved was 5.5 million uh, units sold. I don't have volume, but that's units. Uh, so, you know, obviously I had a, had a large budget, but 5.5 million units sold is, is a lot. Um, it sold more than Halo Wars by double. It sold more than Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary in 2011 by double um, and sold more than Halo Wars 2 double. So, yeah, um, I would say that it, it it's done pretty well. I mean, just for comparison, Halo 2 sold 8.46 million and Halo 3 sold 14.5 million. So kind of a steady increase in sales there over the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, so, yeah, and then... Again, I just think that's so crazy that they showed a game that wasn't even running. But of course, they ultimately pull it together and they get it together in time for Halo 2 to launch on November 9th, 2004 to a resounding 95 out of 100. Wow. Um, incredible, right? <laughs> um, the I, I think what's so notable about these games is for the most part, um, barring a few of them, you know, they're all just very well received. And, you know, I think to have a long running franchise do that well for that long is just pretty, uh, pretty uncommon. Pretty awesome. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause you move on to, you get Halo three a couple years later rated just as highly as the other two, you know, um, I mean, Halo three comes out about three years later at a 94 out of a hundred pretty pretty awesome too so you got three three games all in like the mid 90s on metacritic all within six years yes that's that's pretty good on bungie really well done and fun fact um it did hit records for pre-orders at the time and it also came to promote it there is this arg called i love bees and a brief synopsis of this ARG. So it was advertised in a hidden message in a Halo 2 trailer. And then players who investigated the website and the message discovered that pages on the website appeared to be hacked by a mysterious AI. And then as these players solved the puzzles in these audio logs that were posted to ilovebees.com, the site you know, would slowly give more information, more backstory with what was going on and what was cracking with the Halo really? uh, backstory. Yeah, and pretty interesting, too, because, I mean, it feels a little ahead of its time, to be honest. I, yeah, that was 2004? I, I can't think of any notable um, games, really, that had that back then that really utilized ARG. So little little fun fact there. Have you had any experience with ARG, Lucas? No. Are those like um, sort of like like you just described, like some of those fun game clue type things that companies will do to like promote, basically? Like do a promotion? Yeah, yeah. It's like um, Oxenfree did a similar thing where you could tune into actual radio stations to get clues or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know you uh, yeah. mentioned Mr. Robot had done one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we talked about Masquerade on the previous podcast. Uh, that was, I think, a f- another form of an ARG. Is that what does ARG stand for? Is that alternate like- reality game? 
Oh, okay. Do you remember the movie Cloverfield? That that whole marketing for that movie was like one giant ARG. Cloverfield. No. That was the the monster movie in New York where like the big monsters like destroying New York. Oh, it's like a found footage one, right? Yeah, yeah. And there was an ARG for that. It's total tangent. Uh the ARG was like they made MySpace pages for all of the uh characters in the movie. And like did a whole backstory with all the characters so to like kind of up the found footage oomph of like the marketing for the movie. I don't know if that counts, but like there was there was a backstory of hidden stuff in, inside those mm. MySpace pages too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we should do an that. ARG episode. I know, right? Top <laughs> ARGs. That'd be fun. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Um, oh, man. I love anything that pushes the boundaries. I love and ARGs <laughs> falls into that category. But yeah, Halo 2, wildly successful. 2 million copies in 24 hours. Of course, Halo 3 also is incredibly successful as well. Um, resounding, resounding praise. 94 out of 100 on Metacritic. And the success was so good here that Bungie started reevaluating their deal with Microsoft. Um, basically kind of wanting a better split, a better deal for, our, you know, how they're, I guess, probably how the payouts work from the games and the sales and things like that. and Bungie couldn't give it to him and ultimately Bungie and them split and Um, I'll be honest I'm a little unsure exactly of how the this worked because Halo Wars so after this split Microsoft still retained the IP the rights to the IP of Halo yeah but Bungie continued to make uh, Halo Wars they made Halo ODST Um, actually it might be and they made Reach, right? Because Reach was the last Bungie game. Reach was the last Bungie game. And That's then so Microsoft yeah. created 343 specifically to focus on just Halo, pretty much. Yeah. And then at that point, Bungie was pretty much full force on Destiny. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and, now that's kinda, Desti- that's and now Bungie's owned by PlayStation, Sony. So yeah it really went oh, full man. circle so there. weird that is so so weird mm-hmm. um that's a good history lesson right there actually yeah. you know uh companies will do that like uh we we did just an episode on the sims and uh like ea eventually like the original studio that made the sims which was maxis eventually like moved on started doing other things or like it just kind of lost its head and its leader so they made ea made a studio called the sims studio which existed inside of ea and they were just making the sims games so like after a certain point i think that it makes sense for the parent company to just come in and create a developer within that parent company that's sole focus is just the series that they're working on, like what 343 does now. Yeah, makes sense with uh, 343. I'm, again, I'm still a little unclear with how that would have worked with Bungie still making Halo games up until Halo, uh, or until up until Halo 4. That's when 343 took over. So apologies on that one, folks. I didn't really make that connection until <laughs> I had someone it in can, here. Someone could write in. Someone can write in. I had it in here that they were required, but I just didn't make the connection that they still made some games after that. But I'm sure it's something where like, all the good Halo developers at that point were still at Bungie. So I'm sure they just worked out some sort of deal where they're like, all right, you'll keep your independence from us, but please keep making us video games. Something of yeah. that nature. Well, I'm, I'm sure, you know, these, these deals where like companies leave parent companies or get bought by other companies. I mean, they don't just happen instantaneously. They happen over years, you know, yeah. there could be other there like Halo Wars could have been kind of already in the can, so to speak. I mean, a great example too is, 
Activision Blizzard getting bought out by Microsoft, right? But that's not even official until I think supposed to be official till June 2023, I believe. And that said, um, that game or that deal is still being highly scrutinized by the yeah. FTC. So it, yeah. it is in the realm of possibility that that could potentially, I don't think it will, but it is in the realm of possibility that it could potentially actually get shut down still. Yeah. So it's not, I think these acquisitions and stuff with big companies, like it's not so binary. It's not like one day they're there, one day they're not there. Like, man, I remember fr- freaking, you know, T-Mobile bought, bought Sprint and like, they still they still haven't really bought them. It's like we tried to we tried yeah. to transfer the number between like do like producer Sam's phone and my phone, and they're like, you can't do that yet. We don't have the system yet. And it's like, didn't you guys just buy them? <laughs> it's like, nah, man, we bought them, but like we don't we didn't got them. buy them. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't. We haven't merged the system. So like, yeah, we bought them, but like we don't. We own them. We don't. Yeah. We don't have them yet. It's like I mean, yeah, I uh, I had a sprint. You know, I, I was a Sprint user and then I switched by force to T-Mobile. <laughs> Got a T-Mobile <laughs> SIM card now they sent me and everything. It's, it's all good, I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah. that works out. But yeah, so after Halo 3, we then get Halo Wars releasing in February 26, 2009 for a great 81 out of 100. Not as good as some of our other ones, but still solid overall. Um, the main goal, as everyone knows, with Halo Wars was to take the game back to the RTS roots. Um, and this game was totally actually built with a controller in mind for RTS, which I think is kind of rare. You know, when you Super think RTS, rare. you're going to think of things like, you know, Starcraft, right? Which is a very heavy PC keyboard game where you're putting in as many as seven or eight actions a second, right? So very different in that regard. Got good. Um, overall received well, but definitely received some criticisms for kind of lacking in depth for an RTS game. And then... God, I, and as I'm growing, going through this, I just find it so incredible how how many releases they had so consistently, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, <laughs> we have this, right? And then there's fucking, like, Rockstar releasing Grand Theft Auto V for the third time on a different console generation, which is just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think anyone's happy about that. but People are going to buy it. People are going to buy it, but shout outs to Bungie on that. You know, it's real, real side note tangent. I've looked at ray tracing mods of Grand Theft Auto on the PC and like it looks better than the PS5 Grand Theft Auto 5 on wow. that I'm wow. seeing. To be clear, these are these are ray tracing mods of Grand Theft Auto 5 yeah. on the PC unofficial, but crazy note there. Yeah, and then after Halo Wars, we move into Halo ODST. Uh, Halo 3 ODST, I believe, is the official title. This is and, the one where they like dropped from space onto the city yeah, for the story, so mode, right? What ODST stood for, if I remember correctly, it was Orbital Dropship Trooper. So you shoot down from a pod, basically. Kind of reminiscent, Lucas, if you recall from Titanfall, what you shoot down in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Titanfall 2. We have a great episode on Titanfall 2, everyone. Go check it out. God, that game again. That game was please. sick. Uh anyways. Uh, Halo ODST comes out and it's a very different take on the Halo franchise than what we're used to traditionally. You know, traditionally in Halo, you're take, you know, you're playing the role of Spartans, right? You know, these kind of just total Sigma Chad human beings that have been <laughs> roided out to the tits and are just incredibly strong. Um, basically peak optimize the human body in every possible way. This is peak human condition That's and, right. Actually, it's probably beyond human condition at that point. They're, you know, modified to perform 
exceptionally better than any human, right? They're taller, they're faster, they're stronger than anyone on average. But in ODST, you play as just uh, a normal human, really. Granted, a highly trained, very badass normal human that is very capable in the fight, but you're no Master Chief. You're no Master Chief. Mm-hmm. And what is really notable about this game, too, is when you look at Halo, traditionally, and you even see this in today with like uh, Halo Infinite, if you ever play it right, or Halo, and the newer Halos, where... Typically, these games are taking place in like very open grassy plains, right? Or like very open green areas. Not all the time, but a good portion of the time. Right. But Halo EST really, for the most part, takes place in the confines of the city and almost has like this film noir vibe to it where it's very, it's very gritty, right? And it, what I love about it and what I remember what I loved about the game when it came out was it's, it really brings it it brings a crazy sci-fi shooter back down to earth really because yeah. you know when you're playing master chief and you're just doing all this crazy shit it's easy to forget the people that are fighting next to you right within the context of the lore and the story and you, this kind of gives you the opportunity to play those people as those people and kind of understand what it's like to actually be f- physicality wise an average shoulder average soldier right. in terms of your pure physical abilities in this crazy conflict against uh aliens which i love and uh the best comparison i can give that is if you ever watch star wars rebels um which is a really good movie i think that's what it's called star wars rebels Remember? wait are you talking about a mainline star wars one uh not mainline oh shoot there's a tv show and a movie star wars rebels i am not i'm not remembering that one at all it was a tv show and a movie Oh, you're looking it up right now. I guess we'll see. Oh, man. Hold up here, everyone. Oh, excuse me. Um, ro- Not Rogue Squad. Rogue One? Rogue One. Oh, dude, Rogue yeah. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I was just thinking of the place. line where she's like, well, we're a rebellion. We're going to rebel. <laughs> that was that's the most underrated star wars yeah like, so movie so good star wars rebels is a animated show star, forget that. yeah okay okay star wars rebels is an animated yeah, show probably still decent but yeah what i loved about rogue one was it really told the story of the like ground level troopers right and i think halo odst does that in a very good way as well yeah uh, was this the one where they also like there was a good story where the the main characters like talk to each other a lot and there's like a lot of dramatic dialogue between them am i confusing that with something else uh, in the story, I think you might be thinking of reach. Oh, okay. I might be thinking of reach. Then, yeah. We, sure. We'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, told an incredibly different story. Um, also, I mean, just by nature of playing as a human, you know, like the way you regenerate health and everything was very different. You weren't again, just to go with the theme of being human, not a master chief. You were modified to just basically take more damage. You normally would. And the way you regenerate health and all that was way different. And notably as well with this game, something I love, um, you know, I think one of the critiques of this game, something I remember when it came out in the zeitgeist among all my friends and I was, it's cool, but like, was it really worth $60? Cause it was kind of a very small experience. Um, and Bungie actually originally charged, wanted to charge 30 for it, but Microsoft was like, nah, nah, it's mm. Christmas. We want to make some money. <laughs> so it still got, uh, put out there as a $60 game for everyone to spend all their money on and came out in September 22nd, 2009. 
this brings god there's so many fucking halo games this brings us <laughs> no dude we're not even like we're like not even to the end of the list yet <laughs> this brings us to halo reach which is a prequel to halo um tells the story of a squadron of um Spartans. This is the one I was just thinking I mean, about. This is the you're thinking of. Yeah. Tells the story of a squadron of Spartans, which is the the name of the program to create soldiers like Master Chief. Master Chief is a Spartan. This follows a squadron of uh, Spartans pre-Halo. Uh, all that good stuff. Super, super fun game. But I remember the story is really good. It has a really cool like last stand mission where you get to just kind of fight off as many people as you can before you go down. Uh, highly recommend that. checking it out. Uh, came out September 14th, 2010. For, with a aggregate Metacritic score of 91 out of 100. And this was Bungie's last swan song for the franchise before 343 took over. And what a swan song to go out of. I uh, got yeah. on, honestly. Really, really good game for what I remember. At least campaign-wise. If I remember that correctly, I think there was Halo Reach. It was either that there were two different like games or discs one for multiplayer one for the single player campaign and you could you could buy like just the multiplayer disc if i recall correctly uh, maybe um, i'm not sure i i i'm looking for like uh i could have just totally made that up i'm looking for a source on that right now but um i remember there was something like there was either a beta or some way to like play the odst multiplayer like sooner or just by itself and i remember that was really popular for sure um Pretty sure it was either that or ODST. Well, no, it couldn't have been ODST. I guess it would have been Reach. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to keep <laughs> things moving here. Um, this episode's running along already. And I know it's it's, it's it's your bedtime, Lucas. I know, it's it's late. It's late. <laughs> uh, moving into Halo 4. So this is 343's first uh, entry into the Halo series. And 343 being kind of a... Uh, like you were mentioning earlier, you know, it was really just created by Microsoft with the intention, sole, sole intention of just creating these Halo games. At this point, Bungie's focus had really switched to Destiny, and it was left to Microsoft and 343 to keep the torch going. Notably, not really anyone from Bungie came over to 343 for the most part. Uh, I think there was one guy, there was one guy, his name escapes me, that did move over from the uh, original Halo team to this 343 team. But other than that, it was namely Fresh Faces. Um, but the game had some mixed reception among diehard fans, but overall had a good reception of 87 out of 100 from Metacritic. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, this takes us into Halo Spartan Assault, which I didn't even know existed <laughs> before. Didn't know this it existed game. either. <laughs> um, I actually included two Metacritic scores because this is one of the only ones that had a pretty large discrepancy depending on which system you played it on. Uh, it was 70 out of 100 on the PC and 53 out of 100 on the Xbox One. Pretty large discrepancy there. Um, originally, it was a mobile game that also eventually got ported to PC and Xbox One. And it was a top-down stick shooter. So typically in these games, Lucas, I don't know if you played any like this, where oh, one yeah, analog is controlling and another one is shooting. One is shooting. Uh, typically Geometry they're, they're Wars, baby. Games. Yeah, they're fun games, but probably not what the average Halo fan was looking for. Um, and then there's actually a sequel to Spartan Strike that launched in 2015. Um, only had a PC and mobile launch, no console, and it was not that well received at all. Um, Darn. So this is just such a shame. Oh, darn. And yeah. then finally, this brings us to 2014. We get the first Master Chief Collection to come out. Had previous Halo games. And you know what they say, if it, you know, if um, 
you don't know what to do, just do it again. So, <laughs> um, if you don't know what to do, do it again. So at this so point, great. they aren't ready to pump out any new games quite yet, and they have all these great IPs. So why not just dip back in and put out a remastered Halo 2? And of course, everyone's going to love it. Halo 2 is one of the most loved games in the series, and everyone had a great time with it. Um, got really good reviews overall, 85 out of 100. And it actually did get updated for the Xbox Series S slash X in November of 2020. And I believe it had a PC port as well because I vaguely remember playing it, I think with you on the PC actually, Lucas. Um, yeah. And then in 2015, and here's where you know I really fell off the bandwagon. I um, did not play this at all. Halo 5 came out in... October 2015 with a score of 85 out of 100. I didn't even know this game existed until today. Um, big things with this one. It finally added a 24-person multiplayer mode that also included AI. You could finally aim down sights with every weapon, which that's fun. <laughs> is a surprisingly... Surprising it took that long, I guess, just to get that in a Halo game. And then it uh, was the first or excuse me, the second Halo game to ship without an M rating. The first since Halo Wars, um, this game was rated T14. And interestingly enough, uh, it shipped without split-screen co-op. I'm not sure if that was added in later, but it was shipped without split-screen co-op, which I don't know about you, Lucas, but split-screen mm. co-op growing up with my buddies, that was kind of a flagship thing for us. So Kind of was what you wanted. Yeah. A little whack. And then they followed up in 2017, about two years later, or about a year and a half later, in February of 2017, with Halo Wars 2, and pretty similarly criticized for lack of depth and there's certain RTS elements, a pretty bad ending overall, and of course, everyone's favorite microtransactions. <laughs> That's um, Those three points you wrote there is like kind of the holy, uh, I guess the holy grail of bad of what you don't want, Bad uh, lack gameplay. of depth, lack of depth, yeah. poor ending, <laughs> microtransactions. Yeah, yeah, not not good. And then this led us, of course, into Halo Infinite, the most recent iteration in the series that came out. It had like a weird staggered release, actually, where the multiplayer came out first, and then yeah. Well, you know, Halo Infinite's kind of in a weird spot. I think I'm sure it's a little bit better than it was when we were playing it, even a few months ago. I started playing it around Christmas time, I remember, because I had some time off. Halo Infinite came out. We started we started jumping on it, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, you know it was fun for sure. But like the, the servers were really shitty, and like it just had a really weird launch. It like didn't have a lot of quality of life things. Uh, no no, um, like no co op multiplayer or something. Like there was really weird things that it didn't launch with that they were like, we'll give it to you later, and they just never said when later would be. Yeah. So <laughs> we're kind of in a weird space with Halo Infinite at the beginning there. Yeah, um, and the, yeah, the reveal, when it was revealed at, I don't know if it was A3 or another conference, but when it was originally revealed, it was kind of really criticized, particularly with the graphics, just not looking that good. Yeah, um, that. They did naturally throw in a grappling hook, because what FPS game doesn't have a grappling hook these days? Need it. Um, you need it. But yeah, as Lucas has mentioned, it's been kind of marred with some uh, criticisms, mainly due to this like server issues and stuff like that, and matchmaking issues. Gosh, I forget who we were speaking with the other day, but I was talking to someone and they said they jumped in the servers and there was only like 4,000 in Halo Infinite matchmaking or something. Yeah, like, who were we, who were we uh, with when that was said? Was it uh, Eddie? Oh, it might have been one of Brokaw. Yeah, yeah, I guess it, it was either Eddie or, or Mickey or Ricky. 
I guess. But yeah, I mean, it, it's I've heard that it's it's dropped quite a bit. I'm sure we could look up the concurrent numbers right now, but it is kind of sad. You know, it's like if you have a really great game, I guess there's two two ways to think about it, because I remember when Halo Infinite came out, it was like, oh, cool. Surprise launch. It's free, free multiplayer. Yeah, Ooh. let me get that. I'll play it. And then you got kind of like it's free, so you can't really get that mad. But like when you disconnect from a game, when you have like five friends on at the same time, it's, it's a like, what? Like, did I just disconnect? And then like you try to jump back in and like eventually the even though it's free, it just becomes a little bit more frustrating to try and jump in yeah. than it yeah. should. And it almost feels like I would have rather waited for them to like nail down some quality of life things, do some server improvements before they actually ended up launching it, even if it was free or not free or whatever. Um, they're just, it was this weird zone that they tried to do where it was like beta, still working some kinks out. You guys can't be mad at us. <laughs> yeah. Kind of bad attitude. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we can. Or you're giving us permission to be mad at you. Um, and that's kind of what Halo Infinite did. Hopefully it keeps going. I know some people, I do know some people that still play the game. Uh, hopefully it's still being played by a large audience, but sounds like not. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just wish for them to do well because I know there are so many people that do dearly love this series. So you want to see that uh, represented well, I think, overall. Yeah, you know, I think overall what what I realized is I, I'm looking back through our list here and this podcast notes that you put together about all these Halo games. And, you know, I'd say I've played three of them. I've loved two of them. And I've never even heard of one of them. Like, I know it's it's kind I'm of blown like, away. I didn't know there was a Halo five. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, I didn't know there was a Spartan Assault. Yeah, I didn't uh, know that one. Either. I forgot about Halo five. I didn't. I never knew about Spartan Assault. I, I definitely knew that Halo five came out. I just never played it. Um, played Halo Infinite. Never played Halo Wars two. Kind of forgot that that came out. Um, ODST was cool. Reach was great. I remember those. I obviously we loved Halo three. But it's like you think about like kind of the success rate here. It's kind of it starts like dipping quite a bit in the later years, which is kind of yeah. sad. Where it's, like, I mean, you can see the scores just slowly dropping. Yeah, yeah. So to be I fair, don't know. I mean, an eighty-seven out of a hundred, seventy-nine out of a hundred—that's still not bad. Yeah, no, I, I get that. These are all these are all fun games and good games, but like, it's always been like a conversation revolved around how does Halo keep up with X, Y, or Z? You know, yeah. oh, how how does how do we bring Halo into 2020, right? Or like, how do we bring Halo into the future? That was like the big thing that Infinite was trying to do. Like, yeah. oh, how is Halo Infinite going to compete with Apex? How's Halo Infinite going to compete with like Overwatch? And it, was, it, it just kind of becomes a really like, it becomes a tiring like conversation that's like kind of not fair to Halo. But also kind of fair to Halo. Where's the battle royale? It, yeah, exactly. It's like people. The conversations always revolved around: Did fa did Halo fall behind? Are they going to be able to use their nostalgia to capture the older audience and you know get people to play Halo Infinite? And then I don't know. It's I love Halo. I I love the games that I've played. I think whenever I pick up Halo, I have fun playing it. It's just all this other stuff kind of gets in the way. Um, business decisions. Uh, you know, releasing the game for free, even though it's not really ready to be released yet. Uh, make selling, uh, getting Bungie out of there and putting in three four three, and like making a couple changes to certain things. Uh, I don't know. Some weird juju in there for sure. Some weird juju in there for sure. I almost wish there was this alternative timeline where like Halo never 
had to go down this route and it just Bungie was still there. Everybody got paid. Bungie and Microsoft till the day they die making Halo 7 or something. And like yeah. it was just good game after good game. And it just it was able to evolve and stay ahead of what first person shooters were doing. And it was the first to market with a battle royale game. And it was the first person to put like a grappling hook in their game, you know, and now it's like the last people to put a grappling hook in their game. <laughs> so yeah, Halo's and Halo's always been playing a game of catch up, I think since like 2011, it feels like. I mean, for fuck's sake, the aim down sight for every weapon didn't even come till 2015 and 05, <laughs> which is just nutty. Yeah. But yeah, that uh, that brings us to present time with Halo. Uh, let us know. Do you like Halo? Do you love Halo? Do you hate where it's at now? Shoot us an email. Thanks for at gmail.com. And if you want to have some discourse with your good buddy, Matt, either come to the Discord and hash it out with me or uh, hang out with me on Twitter. I tweet about U.S. men's soccer and video games and occasionally anime. <laughs> it's good. You, can find, good stuff. you can find me on Twitter at Good Idea Matthew Lucas. Where can we find you? You could find me on Instagram at goodideaLucas. Uh, more likely, you could find me hanging out in the Discord talking about video games. Feel free to shoot me a DM. Uh, been playing a lot of Magic the Gathering lately. New set dropping pretty soon. Feel free to uh, get in my inbox about that. Um, baseball's up. Going to be posting some Dodgers content on the stories for Instagram. Love that stuff. And uh, going to be playing some more video games with my good buddy, Matt. Love it. All right, everyone. This has been Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scoobity bop. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Sammy Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle 